the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 69, recorded Friday, December 14th, 2012. 4K Viewmaster. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. It's time for AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host. Thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, with us this week is Mr. Kevin Iselli from Crestron Electronics. He is the oh. Senior Curriculum Developer. Welcome, sir. Thank you. You made my last name sound spooky. Iselli. Yeah. Almost sound mafia-ish. But you're from Detroit, so. Originally, Yes. <laughs> Okay, so it makes it better that you're from Chicago now? I don't think so. They had gangsters well, no, in Chicago. You know, Detroit, where the weak are killed and eaten. <laughs> All right. Um, you gonna, go. You're going to scare away our, our new guest. Um, oh, hardly. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Uh, Bill is from Appletel. Uh, Bill, mm-hmm. I didn't ask you how to pronounce your last name. How do you pronounce your last Steitler. name? Steitler. Steitler, just like it's spelled. He is from Appletel. Mm-hmm. He is the associate editor. Welcome, sir. Hello, how are you? Good, good. Good to have you. Uh, this week we're going to talk about whether or not glasses-free 3D are is, is doomed, and anything about 3D being doomed, I am a big fan of. So, uh, what <laughs> AV guys do for Christmas lights, and whether or not uh, Pico projectors are finally going to take off, uh, my guess is hopeful. Um, maybe. Maybe they tie it to smartphones. That would be cool. Um, but first, uh, our buddies over at Infocom, this is not really... A discussion point, guys. It's just, hey, they have a new website. So, Infocom has a new website. If you've never been there, go to infocom.com. I'm sorry, infocom.org. Uh, now, it's new. It's bright. It's, there's a lot of uh, uh, new things to do. And the link that we're going to put on the show page, actually, it, there, it's a it's a link to the instructions. Um, I don't know that I've ever had a website give me instructions on how to navigate, but hey, I'm glad that they did. I was really excited about this at first because I thought it was Infocom, the old games company. Wow. Uh, so I thought that, you know, I hoped that I was going to, like, get, like, just a cursor interface to, like, find out more about this. I would have to type, like, go north and things like that. But uh, Okay, for a, a bunch of brownie points, Bill, what's a game that Infocom made? Oh, I can make a list. Uh, really? Deadline, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, oh, right. The Goddesses of Phobos, Zork, um, Planetfall... I can go on. I can do this all day if you want to. So long, and thanks for all the fish. All right. Mm-hmm. That's my head checker. Seems like if you have directions for a website, you went wrong somewhere. Yeah. It, it just it seems it, like, especially if it's a technology website, you need to well, explain to people how to use it. It's a it's a it's a it's an organ a membership organization website. I mean, it just it just shows you know here's the catalog, here's the resources, here's the the member benefits area. If only there was some way people could search on a website to find this information. Um, mm. I'm just putting that out there. I'm just I'm not a technology there, guy. No, I'm a user. There's a search button. That's right. All right. Well, Maybe they could, you know, partner with Google. I'm I'm looking at the search button right now and it says disabled, disabled for, for re-indexing. 
Well, that's a bad sign. But it's it's brand new. They just they just rolled this out yesterday. It would so. be great if it had like the little the little animated GIF of the of the construction guy digging. Oh my! <laughs> Every GeoCities site ever made had that GIF. And kids, if you don't know what GeoCities is, go Google it. It was <laughs> it was an experience on in and of itself. So it tell was... them also what a GIF is. I don't know what what, what is uh, what I used to know this. Um, uh, what is graphics GIF? interchange format? Thank you. It? Yes, I'm a horrible so, person. I don't know that. Uh, I miss GeoCities. GeoCities was kind of like the cave paintings of the internet. I think. Well, and the, the nice thing about the fact, speaking of cave paintings, is the fact that you've got the uh, what is it, the Internet Archive guys. Yeah. Uh, where you can, it, there's a literal, it's a time machine. You can type in any URL. I believe in including the GeoCities ones. Um, and they will have a snapshot of it. Now, some of the artwork may have gone away because they didn't mm-hmm. yet capture that, but at least, you know, the text is there. Um, when I was in radio, we would go back and, and look at various radio stations from two and three and four, five years past, and it was gonna, it's, a neat, it's a neat thing. So There's actually, not to keep us off track here, but oh. there's actually, uh, before GeoCities went down, um, somebody captured it, and there's like, a torrent that's like a terabyte in size you can download and it's got this archive of uh of geocities and there's actually somebody has a blog where they're going through and like posting sections of wow uh, yeah it's really cool see i wasn't cool enough to have a geocities i had an angel fire page <laughs> that's still around yeah. is it still around oh, yes it no. is actually i was just uh i was actually doing some uh research on a, a guy who used to post just like he had just like thousands and thousands of pages that were all the same and I was trying to find trying to find them and they're still up there. Angel oh, Fire still lives. I wonder if my page is still up there from like twelve years ago. Oh let's find out. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what the name of it is. That's the thing is <laughs> Yeah. It, it was tied to a, a hotmail account and yeah. Really bad. Awesome. Thing. Yeah. All right. Uh let's talk about really expensive, really high end um video systems, uh specifically okay. Kaleidoscape. Um Kaleidoscape is uh, a very fancy schmancy, um, very high end, uh, but very cool and very well done uh, video delivery system. And mm-hmm. what they've got is they have, uh, and now they have a, a new download digital store where you can get Blu-ray quality um, from from the store. And, and what's what's unique about this is the fact that they've gone from at least from what I can tell, and this is on, on Technology Tell's website, is they've got a way to where you can. This is a legal way to do this. Um, and in the past two and three and four years, there have been rippers, uh, DVD rippers and Blu-ray rippers who mm-hmm. have gone to court and they have lost, unfortunately, time and again, um, the ability to take the content that you legally purchased and put it on a device that you legally purchased and all you're doing is serving it up, but the courts still say no. So this is kind of Kaleidoscape's way to say, okay, you know what, instead of buying Star Wars for the fourth or fifth time, um, why don't you download it? Um, and, and so, Bill, is that kind of what I'm getting here, is that this is Kaleidoscape's way of saying, okay, we cry uncle, this is this is another way to do this that still makes the movie companies happy? I was looking into this, and like you said, first of all, let's cover, like you said, this is like a really high end. This is like, this is like if you're a home theater junkie, this is not something that you just, you know, you go to to the search engine to find a dealer to install this. They also have options for marine dealers. The reason why this came up on the uh, technology cell website 
website is they've just introduced a new service. Um, they had originally, it looks like uh, Flight Escape, I have to make sure I get the company name right, uh, had a service where you would load your the DVDs that you owned, the DVDs and Blu-rays, into uh, an art, like a... Uh, like a jukebox, essentially, a small thing, and then you could stream those throughout their house, and now they're introducing a store where you can buy movies um, in addition to the movies that you already owned. So say if you want to see a new release, and then you can stream this to this high-end theater. What's interesting is, and I was trying to pour through their website, is it doesn't look like they're selling HD content yet, and it looks like and I'm, I may be wrong about that. Okay, they're definitely just selling the SD content now. And the site is in beta, so not everybody can get into it. Yeah. But it looks like you may have to have already bought the Blu-ray in order to stream the Blu-ray wherever you are. So this is, seems like a very complicated system. Um, Mr. Icelli? Yes. You have some experience with Kaleidoscape. Um, Crestron actually a couple of years ago, good Lord, this has probably been three or four years ago now. Um, they had a system where they interfaced with Kaleidoscape and, and, um, I think it was part of, the, it was a part of the DNAV tools where you could, you could scroll through like the artwork on the control panel. Yeah. It was just okay. basically a module, module we had that uh, would communicate to the device, pull metadata. And uh, make it sort of an on-screen or on-touch screen, if you will, interface to the unit. But this is this is something you guys had that in conjunction with not just the, the physical media, but also when they were trying to go through these waters of of uh, you know well file-based media. Um, and you guys are ubiquitous. You're you're Switzerland. You know you don't care how people get the, <laughs> the content. You just you know you, you if you've got the metadata data, then yeah, you can serve it up. Um, do you think that this is a concession by Kaleidoscape by developing this store, um, saying, you know what, we cry uncle, let's just kind of do it and, and get it over with. And, and we're going to, cause you know, the, our customers are asking for this. Um, or is this more, um, them being proactive maybe and saying, I think it's a pretty good maneuver. Um, when you look at, you know, what iTunes and some of the other, let's say, call them media stores are doing. Uh, and even with uh, what Best Buy is calling the new one, I do apologize, I forgot the name of it. Um, the digital downloads is uh, becoming very prevalent. Uh, one of the things that Kaleidoscape had issued with them through the last form of litigation they had is that even if you have content on that server or on their server, because they basically give you the content, mm -hmm. you have to have a changer with the physical media uh, right, in it right. somewhere in the system. Well, the way, like, and with our ADMS unit, we we do not um, give you the ability to rip content to the ADMS. Mm -mm. So your content has to come from somewhere else. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. So the idea is, you know, we don't have, though we have storage capability on the unit, we don't have a direct connectivity to, let's say, ripping content, uh, which is why we also had paired up with Sony and, and their uh, ES uh, Blu-ray changer, which, sadly, of course, they don't make anymore. Um, that's giving you the capability of you know, 400 Blu-rays in a carousel. Now, I don't know where this leads Kaleidoscape as far as their – because they also have a carousel. They have a changer vault, if you will. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to continue to do so or – if it's more of, okay, let's just make this a purchasable download and, all, and you're all set. 
Well, do you think well, th you there think are some people who, eh, I mean, my, my, I use my dad a lot on this show because uh, he's a very nice gentleman, but he's not very technology, uh, technology inclined. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a group, uh, there, there's a group of, of the population who physically want a, something in their hands. And so do you think that there's, that Kaleidoscape maybe keep, might keep that carousel in line for those people? Potentially. I mean, there's still people who like VCRs. So, um, yeah, I, you, <laughs> you know you're, you're going to have some, some what? I see. What? But, but those are no, all I still, I still Go ahead. I still have a VCR. I use it, too. No. I have some, like, oh, yeah. I have some old uh, TV specials and uh, some old episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 that I'll watch that are not out on DVD. And I, it's... I you know it's it's a really strange experience going from HD back to uh, a VCR. Bill, I'm going to buy you a, a DVD recorder for Christmas. <laughs> so convert that stuff. I have yeah. all of this. I have all of this. You know, I have all of the stuff that I uh, that I can I can do with that. But it's just it's it's a different experience. It is a it is it is a nostalgic experience. Let's put it that way. All so. right. So so is but like. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, it's a thing of I have this in my hand, and I know that you know a lot of stuff is just on the internet uh, legally, illegally, and quasi legally. But just knowing that it's no, you know, I have a perfect example for you. I have the uh, Star Wars trilogy on VHS uh, when that first came out. Sorry, no, and no, it no. Is, uh -uh. It no. Is, Go ahead. It is the non-special version. Mm -hmm. It is the version that was released, that was re-released in theaters. They cleaned up the effects and all this stuff. And it doesn't look great. It certainly doesn't look like the blue, but it, it, it is that version that I remember watching. No, and here, that's, here, you know, that well, you can't get. Here's the thing. It's the one where Han shot first. It's the one yes. without the <laughs> CG version of, of Jabba the Hutt in episode yeah. four. You know, yeah. it's, it's the good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, but it's you know it's a full screen. It is a full screen edition, um, not widescreen because we didn't have widescreen back then. Uh, and I will just pop it in every once in a while, just and just watch the movie as I remember it being. Yeah, see, I wish I could get that on DVD. Oh, or I'm otherwise. sure it's out there somewhere. Well, you've heard of. I don't want to. I'm sorry. I'm the guy who takes the discussion off course. There is, of course, the despecialized edition, um, which was the the uh, a, a guy who goes by the name of. Army, I think, is his handle. Uh, he went through and took a bunch of different Blu-ray DVDs and sources and all these different things and tried to piece together the, the movies as they originally came out uh, from these from these editions. Wow. Yeah. I still say my favorite edition is the Family Guy editions. Well, there is <laughs> there is that. I see. I, I just recently I bought a new DVD or a new Blu-ray player and uh, I had the the SD version on on DVD. From years ago, I had, I, had, I had, I guess, gifted them to my nephew, uh, who who's a teenager now, and he's getting into them. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'll buy the Blu-ray, I'll buy the whole set, you know, episodes one through six, and they've got some extra specials, and I'm sitting here watching them with my kids. And, when, and it's their first time with episode, you know, four, A New Hope. It's their first time with, with Return mm -hmm. of the Jedi. And I'm like, this is just not, you know, I remember walking in, being 10 years old, seeing, you know, um, you know the 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 guy in the Darth Vader suit going into Return of the Jedi, and and this is just not the same movie. I mean, it's not mm, it's not yeah. horrible. The story is still there, and the and the coolness is still there, but it's just you know, I don't know. What is your what did the what did the kids think? 
but they love it. They 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 love it. Actually, uh, I think my son's my my son's favorite one is is episode six, and of course my daughter's is episode two because there's you know the lovey and they get married and. Now, did did you show it to them in? I showed the them in, in sequence. Order yeah, that, in, in yeah, sequence, okay. in one through six. So okay, yeah. I know that was a big that was a big uh, debate with a lot of my geek friends who have kids. Is should they show them the original trilogy first, or should they show them? I think here's the thing: the, the showing it one through six, and this is totally off subject. Showing it one through six uh, gives them being exposed to it for the first time the whole story of Anakin, mm. which is kind of cool. Yeah, just you know, skip one. That way, you don't have to do the whole charge. I, I had to get you know one is there, and it, it explains a little bit of the emperor eventually. So, you know, I, Jar Jar aside, it, it, there is validity to Episode One. Yeah, I saw Episode One, and it made me so angry. I did not watch the next two. Really? Um, I've seen little bits and pieces as I've been walking through friends' living living room, but. <laughs> It, it baffles me how many people are ang- got angry about them and then would still go see the next one. That just, I cannot wrap my mind around. See, three is three is my second favorite one. Really? Uh, episode, episode five is still my favorite, Empire Strikes Back. But right. um, Revenge of the Sith is, is pretty wicked um, okay. from visually and from the story. And that is when, you know, Darth Vader emerges. And, and that's mm-hmm. kind of cool, so... All right, let's talk about some more geeky stuff here. Uh, from commercial integrator, Belden has purchased BB. Oh, I'm sorry, I almost said BBC. PPC, <laughs> Paul Paul Charlie, for five hundred fifteen million dollars. Uh, if you don't know what PPC does, they make really good HDMI cables, uh, and they better for five hundred fifteen million dollars. Um, Kevin Belden has been in the cable business for freaking ever. Um, you guys, Grestron has, has HDMI cables, which you thankfully test and, and stuff like that and put a little sticker on it. Um, but in the world of vastly developing digital cabling and digital media, is this a smart move on Belden's part to just pick up somebody who's been doing this and apparently been doing it well for a while? Well, my guess is they got to him before we do because we did because <laughs> well, we used PPC. Uh, our cables are actually PPC or HD lock cables are from Perfect Path. Really? Yep. Oh, there you go. So, um, yeah, um, is it a good move for Belden? Sure. Cabling's a fantastic business. Nothing like snake oil to get your day going. <laughs> hey. Um, what? <laughs> well, here's okay. Here's my question as as an end user. Now, I've heard various debates about whether there is or is not a difference between between HDMI cables because I've heard one school of thought that it either works and you get the data. And, or you, it doesn't work, and then I've heard on the other side, no, there's like a difference in like the quality. Well, Bill, it depends on who you ask. If you talk to somebody <laughs> who's trying to sell you a cable, it makes a difference. Did I ever tell you guys we did this on the EdTech show, which was it was it was hilarious when we when they brought this up. Matt Silverman brought it up. Uh, he was at Best Buy, I think, and this is not a slam against Best oh, Buy. My. There was a, an HDMI cable that promised um, antivirus protection. <laughs> I've seen that picture. Yeah. I saw the picture on the uh, on the back of the. Uh, yeah. Oh God, I remember that was great. That's fantastic. That is. <laughs> that's one you sell to my sixty-year-old dad. Okay. That's. Yeah. Well, well, you know, because I, I get kicked out of many a Best Buy for that very reason of of trying to talk to the consumer to open their eyes to what they're really buying. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that usually go meets with a lot of stink eye and some please sir, would you leave the building? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Iselli, we have a restraining order. Yeah, yeah. They, it's they, almost, have your, they have your picture by the door? Sometimes, yeah. It depends <laughs> on which one I go to. <laughs> no, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, uh, is infrastructure important to your system? Uh, to a point, yes. Um, I think, unfortunately, we fall into the marketing ploys in, in a lot of places where mm-hmm. you know cables offered to deliver things that are totally just you know irrelevant to what you're trying to do uh and in fact i am reminiscent of the last conversation i had with a um salesman let's just put it that way okay <laughs> the box store uh who was trying to sell somebody on purchasing a cable that was one and a half meters long that um the sale price on it was $349. Holy! And, whoa! Uh, so I, I sat there thinking, okay, um, you really don't understand what you're buying. I, and I asked the uh, salesperson, I said, so by purchasing this cable with all of its silver content and all of its gloriousness and cable wrapping, you're going to guarantee me a better one and zero. <laughs> To which, uh, uh, now, Tim, this will be funny to you because you know me. This this was met by the salesman saying, sir, I'm, I'm not sure you understand how HDMI works. Oh. Oh, man. Which got the look from my wife saying, you better just leave now. <laughs> you, you didn't whip out your, your PowerPoint presentation right there? No, I didn't. That would be killer. It would have been funny if only I had a Pico projector. Um so <laughs> nice segment. Yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a lot to infrastructure, but uh, one of the things I, I wish we could kind of settle out on is is all of the you know the madness of cable. Um, it is a fantastic business. I mean, there's multi million dollars to be made per day. Um, uh, and, and you know, Belden making you know a, a absolutely fantastic infrastructure in the telecommunications industry as well as the AV industry. I mean, I've been using Belden cables and specking Belden cables for my whole career. Um, for them to pick up a uh, you know a specialty company that like Perfect Path that makes HDMI and and some other um, specialty cables, sure, it kind of fits fits right in with their product offering. Well, let me ask you this, and I I don't I don't mean to pick on you, but isn't that I mean, yes, you can buy some of the best. Uh, switchers, some of the best, you know, uh, processors, some of the best projectors in the world. But if your cabling is crap, and I, I guess it's all relative, you know, what it, what am I defining as crap? And I, I don't really know, so don't I mean, I'm, I'm not that into this. But it isn't I mean, if if you have a subpar or a poorly performing infrastructure, isn't all your other fancy schmancy gear kind of at its mercy? Um. I guess, well, it kind of depends. I mean, it depends on where you go. Now, of course, I'm going to irritate all the audiophiles because they always talk about, you know, skin effect on copper and optical purity and with optical cables. And it's, it, they're, they're, you can make them argument all day long. At the end of the day, it's, it's still the same thing. It's all subjective. It's all preferential. Um, you know, you, I mean, the cables that I use for the longest period of time before, uh, I switched all to digital. Uh, you know, I made all my cables, right? Uh, only because wow. it, was, uh, it was easier, <laughs> it was more cost effective. Um, you know, I was getting broadcast quality cables for for you know everything that I did. Um, you know, in fact, 
even in my classes, I talk about cabling infrastructure, and I drop the term of NVP, right, nominal velocity of propagation. Of course, everybody looks at me like I'm silly, uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is what now you have to understand. Now we're talking about how effective is the cable uh, in the infrastructure and how well does it deliver signal. But And uh, go ahead. I was going to say, but you, you were making cables, and I was doing the same thing in the world of analog. Yeah. This is yep. a whole. I mean, you're, if if I'm asking somebody, and, and could, believe me, I've looked into it. I worked for a very small community college, right? We don't have any money, you know. I, I've got buddies that, that that work on the on the east and west coast that that you know their budgets for AV is probably three times as what I make in a year, so they can buy you know the three hundred dollar HDMI cable. So I've looked into making my own HDMI. I've looked into making my own. Um, you know, terminating field, terminating. You know, HDMI. It's not easy. Um, no, it's not. Well, it's not easy, and it also doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're you're now talking about a a cabling infrastructure in HDMI that there's not a lot of room for slop there. No. Uh, to field terminate HDMI, I always looked at it as, you know, I always looked at it as, why do you hate yourself? <laughs> and they, to do that. I was going to say there, there have been a couple guys in the last couple of years in Infocom that have shown some. Some interesting things, you know. Um, there was one company, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was, but uh, basically, you you took the you took the uh, the the, ca- the HDMI cable, you, you you trimmed everything back, you exposed all nineteen cables, you you fed them through the the connector, and the connector kind of you you had this extra this overlap come through the connector, and you snipped it on top, and then you crimped it down, and that was your that was your field termination. And that was pretty simple. Yeah, but here's the thing, though, Tim. I, I hear what you're saying, and I understand that, and that's fine. But you also have to remember the properties of the signal, the transmitter, and receiver. They're not made to go long distance. So why are you field terminating? Because it's cheaper. Just cheaper. <laughs> In and I'd my rather head. Not, I'd rather not have a signal than have, well, anyways. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is... Uh, Whatever HDMI cable I get in uh, an actual store is okay, but I shouldn't trust the little village shopkeeper who comes by with his cart yes. and wants to cut an HDMI yeah. cable. Who wants to give you a okay. custom yeah. one, the whip, exact yeah. length of your arm, yes. He wants to put okay. one of wood. Yes. yes. Okay. But what is it, the, the, the whole My, old uh, adage about cameras, the, 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 best camera, the best camera is the one that you have. The best HDMI cable you have, the best HDMI cable is the one that you have. Well, I, you know, there's there's a little bit of it to making sure that you buy good quality cables. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, I always remember the adage: if you buy cheap, you buy twice. Uh, I, I'm not going to name the website, uh, but there was you know hundreds of cables purchased from websites that you know when in our hands and we tested were just failed cables right out of the bag. Right, they wouldn't even pass the signal. So, you know, it, it is kind of, you know, if you're buying speakers from the back of the van, you're going to get speakers from the back of the van. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to go into the, you know, the gold-plated, um, or I'm sorry, my favorite is the uh, gold-plated uh, TOS cables, right? The optical yes. cables. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That way you're, that way you don't have any interference in your light. So, <laughs> you, you, okay, you can so go from extreme to extreme. Let, let me give you a, a good example. An, an audio friend of mine, this guy, he, he does audio systems, and... Um, he was hooking up a, a surround sound system for a buddy of his, and, and he was he, he all he needed he needed one HDMI cable. So he goes out to the store. I won't name the store, and he calls me up and he's like, "Okay, I've got two cables here." I'm like, "All right, you know." So, so well, you know, what's you know the, how how long are they and this other stuff like that? He goes, "Okay, so so what's the difference between the sixteen dollar one and the twenty one dollar one?" 
I said, five bucks. He said, no, really, what's the difference between the $16 one and the $21? I said, five bucks. Yes. And he's like, he goes, what do you mean? I said, it's $5 worth of difference. I said, quality-wise, probably not a whole lot. I said, if you had one that was 3 bucks and one that was 50 you might have you know some quality issues. You might have some connectivity differences between the two. But you're talking about 5 bucks. Is that fairly accurate, Kevin? Um, not again, obviously not knowing the, everything about the companies, but because he to the audio file, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> are these the guys that are using uh, magic markers and highlighters on the edge of their CDs to keep the uh, laser light from leaking out? Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's correct. Okay, because you can't have the light leak out. That would yeah. be bad. <laughs> bad. Music and, and, is escaping. Well, and when you lose the ones and the zeros, it starts skipping, <laughs> and it's just bad. Led Zeppelin starts sounding like Justin Bieber. So, uh, all right, uh, let's go over to Gizmodo and talk about one of my favorite things of all times: Pico projectors. And I know you hate them. That's why I'm going to start with Bill. Um, this is a friend, this is from Samsung, who is not a stranger to small mobile devices. Um, some would say that they are rivaling, if not kicking, Apple's <clears throat> tail on some things. Um, right. Picos are not new; they've been around for a while. Um, I think I saw my first one at Infocom probably five years ago now from Texas Instrument. And it, it's a it's an it's an interesting concept. We joke about Kevin whipping out his Pico to show a, a PowerPoint presentation, but that's the whole idea: is the fact that you always have this thing. <laughs> and there are also rumors that this is a precursor. This is kind of a I don't to say a red herring, but it's it's a it's a demo unit that they're throwing out there to see the interest, and then they're just going to throw this in the next. Nexus or the next Galaxy or whatever, um, kind of as as an end user ish, does a portable projector in your pocket make sense, um, and uh, is it or, or not, or is it just it is just an, another thing? I see these things, and I imagine that there's an underground of business people who are having like freestyle rap battles with PowerPoint. Wow. That they're meeting and they just like, you know, in the middle of nowhere decide that they need to show off their mad skills. Is this, how often does somebody run into a situation where they need to do an impromptu PowerPoint presentation and they don't have a projector with them? It just boggles my mind. I can say that, you know, I've been in this business well over 20 years and other than seeing a Pico projector at a trade show, I've never seen a Pico projector. Yeah. Yeah, this is so crazy. I mean, this would be like, because I, I can think of all sorts I, of crazy uses for this, like doing an impromptu like movie projection. Okay, we're going to show a movie right now. But I have never seen, unless you're... I know Tim asks one for Santa every year. I do, is, and he still has been... Do you, I mean, what would you, I mean, how is this, okay, maybe if you're like a traveling salesman, or if you're a guy who is, you know... Is knows he's going to have to do something, do a presentation in a weird area, but is this something that people need? Is there a is there a need for this? Okay, so here's my nostalgic part, right? <laughs> All right, and, and I, I will I will totally cop to this, right? I loved my Viewmaster when I was a kid. <laughs> Yay! And, Which is why it's 3D as well. No, I hate 3D. I but I loved my Viewmaster. And Viewmaster or, or somebody had this device, and it was it it, it, it was Viewmaster on steroids, right? Yeah. 
Right. It was a projector for you know, for lack of a better term, that you put your viewmaster in. And you could oh, show awesome. the viewmaster on the wall, right? To right. me, a Pico projector is kind of that little um, thing where so, you can show whatever you want, wherever you want it. I mean, for a hundred bucks, okay. I'm spending more that than that on a couple of technology things for my kids this uh, this Christmas yeah. anyway. Why don't you just get the little so, like flashlight that does the same thing? It so, does, does it have an input though? I mean, can I show anything? No, no, no. Put the slides in it, man. That's all you. So, so okay. Tim. So Tim, if you got this, for, if this was in your stocking, would you just like go like as you're in the airport, just start showing people your vacation slides? Yes. And, like, <laughs> or Kevin's PowerPoint uh-huh. presentation on HDMI. <laughs> How dare you? You could do little. You could do little informal, uh, informal seminars. Hey, you know what? Thanks, I, I go to some pretty cool for, places uh, for for vacation. Know, I got some. Thanks pretty... for all coming to the uh, Gate uh, Gate Airport at Minneapolis St. Paul. We're going to be discussing today. <laughs> Yeah, try the veal and uh, let's get started. <laughs> I would do that, but I would show movies. I would like, okay, here's a little, here's a, like, let's show little cartoons while people are waiting for the bus and stuff like that. <laughs> I think that would be really cool. All right. Can Unfortunately, we... Bill, you're not deterring him. He's no, <laughs> this is. These are all positives. These are all reasons to get this thing. I seriously think. You know what? I seriously think that you got. I do a thing called. Um, uh, PowerPoint karaoke. Have you guys heard about this? No. It's something. It's something they did. They started uh, that I first heard about it in South by Southwest. They didn't start it there, but you have people who give up like a six-minute PowerPoint presentation. They've never seen the slides before, and the slides are completely insane. Go on the web and look for some of these. They're fantastic. And so they just have to like, so they get a topic and they have to go and like give the presentation and they don't know what the slides are going to be. Oh, nice. So I think this would be great if people wanted to start doing that, like impromptu stuff. <laughs> just have like little. Well, you know what? It, we're getting into the winter season. There are going to be delays at airports. That's a perfect thing. Yeah. Again, one more reason to have a Pico projector. All right. All right. Moving on. Um, Kevin, our buddies up north. Um, Rogers, by the way, is the. I think that's the the cable system, the satellite system, and the cellular phone system in Canada. Um, I think it's the only. They one. have satellite in Canada now. Um, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, they have satellite. They have to have satellite, Sorry. don't they? Well, they just Michael Jackson's beat it. So no, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. My neighbor's Canadian, <laughs> and I don't even hold that against him. <laughs> Jeez. All right, we had Brock uh, McKinnis on last week and from Canada, and he was he was he, he, he was a good guest. But he, we, we for some reason, anytime well, he's Canadian, well, he was Canadian. But he, he still lives there, but for some reason, every time somebody's on from Canada, we just somebody said at one at some point makes fun of them for some reason. I don't understand it. They're, I love they, Canada. They're very nice people. They're very. Have polite. you ever seen an angry Canadian? No. Exactly. They only give you one hug. <laughs> that that can, the, the angry guy only gives you one hug. Uh, so anyhow, so Rogers has come up with this fabulous idea to, hey, let's control our TVs with our smartphones and tablets and such. Wow. If only Buddy had invented that technology. Well, you know, t- the, the, techno- the technological center of the universe is the Great White North. So uh, is this just kind of them saying, yay, me too, or... Um, one of the the gripes that you know seriousness that the Canadians do say is the fact that they don't get a lot of things. Like um, there are certain shows that aren't available on the Canadian version of Netflix that's on the American version. Um, 
I think our buddy Matt Scott was telling me about some of the disparities in ESPN even. So is this Rogers coming to the table with something that we've had for forever? Are you saying did they invent something that allowed you to take I an iPhone to control a TV? didn't say did they invent it. I said <laughs> have they finally brought the Canadian people something that people down south, meaning us. The universal remote. Yes. Here's, here's my huh. question. Has anyone gotten the universal remote right, period? Because I've got, you know, I've got four or five different devices hooked up to my TV plus the TV itself. And I can't find, you know, a universal remote that because the issue is, like I said, I have a VCR, but I also have like uh, an older DVD player and then there's a cable box and it just you cannot find anything that that has all the codes that plays correctly with everything. Oh, Bill, so, you are on the right call. <laughs> you you need a, a Crestron system is what you need. <laughs> Oh Lord! And then, yeah. Well, hey, you know what? It's it's you know whether it's Crestron, it, all my love to, to Kevin, but uh, Crestron or AMX or or somebody else that does mm-hmm. like that. That is what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, you're not talking. You're not talking about a Harman. You're talking about a, a a another jump up, right? Yeah, you you can't. I'll, you know, with all respect to the you know the my, our competitors and other manufacturers. The the term universal remote is incredibly dodgy at best. Yeah, because like you said, you've got you know some devices that are supported, some are not. What about the ones that are not? What do you do? Well, you know, you call up and say, "Hey, I'd like you to support this device." They say, "No, buy a new device." Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. and what Tim's basically getting at is folks like Crestron and, and AMX and others. Um, we basically build a mechanism and a transport that allows you to use whatever device you want. Okay. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and of course, Crestron being the coolest, uh, we have more ways of communicating than, oh gosh, Anybody. the ancient language, the, an- the ancient tongues. Crestron <laughs> is the Rosetta Stone of control. All right, I'll check it out. We it, are. If you start using that, I'm going to charge you. Uh, no, I'm not going to use that because you came up with it. It's a, it's a good slogan. I have to say, sure, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna just to get off the the beaten path again. Yes. Roku just updated um, fairly recently their um, their iPhone app to control. You know, if you have a Roku device in there. And what was interesting was they changed it. It used to uh, the Roku app used to look like the physical Roku remote, and they just with the latest version they just completely got rid of that. And now it's it's better for like gestures. Like, it's like you don't press because it doesn't have physical buttons. Like, if you're holding a physical old school remote in your hand, you can find the buttons and know where it is. But to do that with an iPhone, you have to look at it. And what they've done is they've changed it to like swipe down to like move the cursor down as opposed to pressing the quote unquote down button. Hmm. Um, and it works a lot better. It's actually, yeah, I thought it was an actually really cool implementation. Let me ask you a question, Bill, kind of yeah. wrapping that back around. Are, are, are these apps becoming. The, the the smartphone version of the remote control box at your house. In other words, no. you, you've got. In other words, you've got like fifteen remotes at your house. One to control the TV. One to control the cable. Right. One to control this, that, and the other. Instead of that, you have fifteen apps on your phone now. Well, here's the thing: is for the most part, I can use the universal remote for that that came with the TV. Um, but there are some things it doesn't do it like I can turn the DVD player on and hit play but I can't access 
the, you know, like the fast forward and the search features and stuff like that. So for that, I have to make sure that I have the DVD and I can activate the USB port uh, that's on the, the DVD player. So hey, I have Tim. to make sure that, it, yeah. Yes. Um, Tim. yes. Tim, Tim, this is the part where we go. <laughs> yeah. So I have to make sure I have the DVD player uh, remote around. Um, the, you know what the thing is about, um, about smartphone app remotes? They're using it strictly as a way to sell you a new TV. You think? Um, they're not, well, obviously, but I mean, they're not using it. It's not like, and I'm worried that, I worry that as they move into like new versions of the TV, they're going to stop supporting the app so that when we get iOS 7, something breaks, oh, we're not supporting that app anymore. And that's, <sighs> I think that's probably valid, you know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, who was it? What were they, what did they just stop? Oh. I don't know. The maps. That's right. Sorry. Uh, moving on from AV Network, uh, avnetwork.com. Talking about a new projection technology. This is from David Keane. Uh, and he's writing, uh, basically, a, 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 he calls it a quote-unquote controversy. I'm not going to call it that. Mm. But the fact that The Hobbit was was shot in a non-standard frames per second mm-hmm. um, uh, Technology, you know, non non standard, and um, the fact that it was also done in three D, which we'll we'll get to in a second. Um, Bill, is this? I mean, Peter Jackson is is a well known, you know, um, I, filmmaker. Is is he kind of develop, you know, trying to push this kind of like James Cameron was trying to push three D with Avatar? Right. Well, actually, interesting. Uh, Cameron shooting his next movie in the same um, frame rate. Uh, so like this, the Avatar sequels, he's planning on shooting these. I actually have a dog in this fight because one of the things I do is uh, video production. Okay. Um, and one of the things that if you are an amateur or you know trying to break in and make your own videos, one of the things that is absolutely nutty is if you're shooting with um, a DSLR or a, a prosumer camcorder, which almost everybody is, you're shooting digital. And digital shoots at a higher frame rate. Now, the problem with a higher frame rate is you get a better crisper picture but it doesn't look like film and because they use it for like soap operas and stuff people have it in their head that it's cheaper so shooting on video is cheap shooting on film is expensive Mm -hmm. and that's that's where a lot of the confusion for people comes in because they're going in expecting okay i'm gonna see this 200 million dollar movie oh this doesn't have the soft focus that uh that a film has. Well, is it, aren't there filters for that? I'm, not, I'm being totally serious, but somewhat, you know, silly. Aren't yeah, there I'm, filters I'm, for that? <laughs> well, there are, but again, what you're doing is you're you're degrading the picture so that it matches this perception of what quote unquote a film, film looks is. like. Now, I haven't seen The Hobbit. I'm planning on I'm going to see it this weekend, and I'm, I'm going to try to see it in uh, in the high def because that's the way the director shot it, and that's the way he intended it to be seen. But the thing that I'm hearing is I've heard two different things. I I had some friends who went down to Austin to a special screening, and most of them really loved it, uh, didn't have a problem with seeing it in the the high frame rate. And then I'm hearing from some other people that it's because the the picture is so sharp, um, the, the, the fantasy elements don't look fantastic enough they look like sets they look like you oh. know something that was something that was built but i'm i'm really fast there was there was actually a really really fascinating article about this guy who was talking about and in, in terms of film history how people don't watch silent movies or black and white movies there are people who just have blocks about that 
And he was saying, this is going to be the next thing. Because when everybody starts shooting in these high frame rates, you are going to get a mass of the population who don't want to watch the classic, like Godfather and Star Wars and stuff like that. They're not going to, because it's not going to look right to them. Hmm. And he was worried about that from a film history perspective. Well, that, that's valid. Hey, Tim. Yes. Tim, I figured it out. What? He's the equivalent in video of an audiophile snob. <laughs> wow. What well, I heard him say is we need to keep all of our vinyl. Yes. We need to keep all of our VCRs. And our cans. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I was, when, while reading the article, uh, it seemed very interesting. I, I wasn't 100% sure about if all of the facts were there. But by doing the 48 uh, frame rate, uh, they said that that was for the 3D side, which would totally make sense if you're doing a left-right or, let's say, frame packing left-right, that you would do a 24 and a 24, you know, simultaneous. So yeah. that I get a full, let's say, let's just convert it to, let's say, Sempty. I get a full 1080p 24 for each eye. Okay. I'm cool with that. But that wasn't clear when I was reading it if that's exactly what they were doing. Well, it said it, said it was said shot. They were doing 48 per eye. Yeah, it was shot 3D at 48 frames a second per eye. Right. Well, there, there's two versions that are being released. There is the, there is, my understanding is there's a 48 frames per second version in 3D, and then they're also releasing a 28 that is not 3D. But they've changed that so that it looks more like quote-unquote film. Wait a minute. Did you, did you say 28? I'm sorry, 20, 24. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I didn't know if, 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 if he was trying to do a, a 29 drop frame, you know, a 30 yeah. frames a second one. As well, well. It, what I'm saying is that they're releasing a version that also looks more like what people are used to. Hmm. Um, so you're going to kind of have to hunt if you want to see the 48 right. frames per second 3D. Um, Bill, we're going to ask you this. I know Kevin's um, answer on this. At least I'm pretty sure I do. If you go see The Hobbit, are you going to see the, see the 3D? I haven't decided. I'm not... Or I'm not I'm hot and cold on 3D. Um, the only 3D – I've seen several 3D movies, um, and the only one that I thought it made sense on was Coraline because it seemed to me when they shot that, what it was trying to do was was do depth. And here's okay. like the depth of the picture rather than, oh, no, here's this tennis ball that's coming out at you from the picture. So Coraline was the only picture I've seen that really – I saw Avengers in 3D just because – uh, I was planning on seeing something else, and then I said, "Oh, I'm going to see Avengers." And I didn't. I, I honestly cannot recall a single 3D shot from Avengers. Well, so. that that leads us into, into our next story about glasses-free 3D. Is that something mm -hmm. that uh, that's from commercial integrator? Is that something that you see, whether it's from a film perspective or from a, a home theater's perspective, where that's where 3D either has to go, or is it just it's 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 toast it, before it gets started? Did it ever? Did it ever work? Did it ever? I have personally seen um, some auto stereoscopic. You like that word? Uh, yeah. That that worked. Yes. On the uh, on a show on a on a, a trade show floor, but no, on the uh, thing that we were talking about earlier, the little kid toy. The, <laughs> on the views on the on the, the viewmaster. Uh, viewmaster, yes, on the viewmaster. No, you it was what? it was it was an auto it was an, it was a a, a glasses free auto stereoscopic, three mm -hmm. um, D. Uh, it was it was a specific um, application. It, it was for military training. Uh, it had a um, several different models of aircraft and other um, military you know uh, equipment. But and there was a hot spot. There was a a a, a very yeah. limited area where you could stand oh, yeah. and see it, but it still worked. 
I went to uh, CES two years ago, and Samsung had a uh, party for journalists, and the, and the whole thing of this was they were hyping 3D TV. And um, so we were standing around and, and looking at it, and my impression of it was if you were sitting dead center in front of the TV and did not move, yes, you got the 3D effect, and it worked. Anybody else who was slightly off, it did not. It it didn't happen. So it basically, you were selling these to people who lived alone and had a lot of money, <laughs> uh, and were willing to pay a lot of extra money to get the special 3D content that had to be made specifically for this TV. I have never met, and I I know people who are visual. You know, they're really into the latest technology and this and that and stuff. I have never met nor heard of anybody who actually owned a 3d tv mr iselli is death is, is death 3D, whether it's auto stereoscopic or not so how do you, so so kevin how do you feel about uh the how about red blue 3d the old uh creature from the black lagoon and uh oh that was fantastic <laughs> that was uh you know <laughs> That was classic 3D. Yes, that was real 3D. Let's that bring that back. Let's let's get Samsung on the line and have them make a I red have, green. I have a memory of them showing the creature from the Black Lagoon or something on uh, on network television when I was yeah. probably 10. And, and you had to go out and buy a special magazine yep. that had it in there. It was showing yep. it one time. And yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm actually... like 90. You guys didn't know that I'm like... <laughs> It's kind of like it seems like 3D is is um, it's just dying a slow death. No, it's bad Chinese food. It keeps coming it, back it and back and back. Did you have you have you guys seen um, Looper? Huh? Uh, uh, the no. movie. Uh, Ryan oh, Johnson, no, 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 Bruce, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis and uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Will not see it in 3D, by the way. Uh, it does not exist in 3D, and I'll tell you why. Now they catching on. The guy who directed it, Ryan Johnson, is um, old school movie ad. You know, he, he's making a science fiction movie, but he's he loves film, hates, does not want to do digital and stuff. But he was talking about Martin Scorsese was talking about 3D, and of course, Martin Scorsese did Hugo in 3D, mm-hmm. and he said he Martin Scorsese compared it to um, what we think like when when people started first making movies quote unquote in color they were like painting on the frames so there would be like some color on the frames but what they were actually trying to get was technicolor so what we think of as 3D now is not what 3D is going to become 3D is going to become something so much far beyond what 3D is now so he was comparing it to you know what Technicolor became compared to like just, you know, stuff like that. So I thought that was, but he, at the same time, so he thought, okay, so Ryan Johnson said, I see what Martin Scorsese is saying. Okay. That's going to be amazing. I'm not going to shoot in 3d. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Um, a, a very good friend of ours, um, AB Don, Don Mead wrote a, a blog post some months ago where she very systematically and very well laid out the history of 3d back mm-hmm. to the thirties. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. So this is not new to, this is not this is not quote unquote new technology right that we've been trying or or the industry has been trying for you know nigh on 80 years now to get us to experience the 3d experience right uh, and every time there's an increase in resolution or increase in this and that and the other 
they say, okay, now that we have higher resolution, let's try it in 3D. You know, it's like, and 3D. And the same thing will happen with 4K, and the same thing will happen with 8K and, and 16K whenever we get there. Yeah, but you got to understand, Tim, there's a reason for that. Money? And, well, <laughs> survival. Okay. You're, I mean, you're partly right. It's survival. When you, you know, when you take consumer devices and you build yourself, let's say, a small empire, and I'm not going to put out any names, but you build yourself a, you know, a, a massive manufacturing empire, and you have to support thousands and thousands of, of employees. You can do that in one of two ways. Either you have expensive devices uh, that people buy, or you have to sell just an, uh, uh, you know, an untold amount of them at a very lower cost. And if we look at the, the you know, the timeline of, of display devices, you know, like like I tell my class, it's like I remember when I was doing projects when I was still a consultant, where I put in like the first Pioneer forty inch plasmas at thirty thousand dollars a piece, mm-hmm. right? And now it's like you can get a fifty inch plasma or even a fifty inch LED anytime you ordered the large, you know, the venti cappuccino. <laughs> you know, they throw one in for you. So how do you survive? You gotta you gotta keep people. Uh, you know, purchasing the new device, and in this case, it's exactly like you said. Hey, we have uh, we have a TV. Oh, we have that a was... Trinitron. Oh, we have an XBR. Oh, we got a flat screen, and then we throw in 3D. Oh, we got LED, then we throw in 3D. Oh, we got this, and we. Th- I wish they would just stop throwing in 3D, but that's just me. Y- it is a survival type mechanism. You have it, to survive. It seemed weird to me because it seems like we're still in the middle of getting everybody onto HD. I don't know what the market penetration is for how many homes have an HD TV in them, but it just seemed odd to me that like, you know, two, three years ago when, when this was still going on and HD TV was, I don't even think we'd done the changeover yet to all digital. And it was like, okay, you just bought this HD TV. Now it's time to buy a 3D TV. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's a very good point you make, Bill. And it's funny because I get asked all the time, what are you guys doing with 4K? I was like, why don't we just get the 1080p first <laughs> and then let's worry about 4K. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when you look at the, the most common sources that we watch on a daily basis, we're not even looking at 1080p content. Yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> it's, not, it's not really HD? I'm saying there is no spoon. Ow! <laughs> just You're saying. You're just mean. Yeah. All right. I, I, so... <laughs> Last but not least, um, this is from Electronic House. If you guys, uh, I, I've watched this. Actually, my sister took me onto this show. It's called Cake Boss. It's on um, TLC. And he, the guy makes cakes in in Jersey, um, actually in Hoboken, New Jersey, and it makes good cakes. And and but the, this article actually is about uh, the guy, the star of the show, the the, the main baker on the show, um, the actual buddy. cake boss. Yeah, it's the actual cake boss um, who who inherited that title apparently from his father. Um, I, I guess yeah. Anyway, um, so he took his his house and he put Christmas lights on them, and he is automating them with with a very fancy, a very nice control system. Um, actually. Oh, wow. I don't know that it says whether or not it's Crestron or AMX. So let's just assume it's, it's Crestron. It's not. It's not? No. Does it say that? I know what he uses. Oh, well then never mind then. He went the way of the dark path. Extron? <laughs> no, sorry. I, I no, I'm sorry. I have no response to that. <laughs> Anyhow, um, 
the 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 article kind of spoke, sparked a, a question in me, and so I'll ask you guys, Kevin. We'll start with you. Um, as AV guys, as guys who cover this stuff and, and we deal with this stuff day in and day out, um, what do you do and what should we do as 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 AV guys for our holiday lights? I mean, should we go all out and say, you know, here world, this is what I can do and this is what I do for a living, or are you just so tired at the end of the day? That you're like, eh, I'll put the tree up, and that's pretty much it. Oh, dude, I don't even have that kind of time. I don't have you, any. You didn't even out. put the tree it, up yet, did you? I well, no, I did. But I'll tell you what, uh, about fifty percent of the ornaments stayed in the box. Wow. I, it's just, I mean, it, you now come around during Halloween, that's different, right? I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not my. It's not my holiday. I, I'll, I'll say that. I, I don't have anything against Christmas, but what uh, you know, or I'm sorry, holiday. Can't say Christmas. You can say uh, Christmas. Are you, are you declaring war on it's, Christmas? Kevin? It's, it's, it's my, it's my. You know what? It's my show. You can say Christmas. All right, excellent. <laughs> Christmas is a fantastic holiday. I just don't have the time anymore to get out the ladder and the staple gun and the uh, 3M clasps and uh, you know unrig the lights and get the other uh, service disconnect for the for the whole system and the blow <laughs> Santa and the half melted reindeer. It, it just it. You know, more power to the people that can do it. And some of the, you know, when you see some of the guys that are doing, uh, you know, you get your Netduino out there and you start doing all your programming. And it's very cool. Don't get me wrong. Uh, do I have time for it? No. Do I condone it? Absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> all right, Bill. I we are in the history of show-offs. So start showing off. I am a huge kid at Christmas. I love Christmas. Um, I live in an apartment so I can't do a lot of decorating. <laughs> There's not a lot you can do, kids. Yeah, I can't do. Yeah, they get cranky if I hang a you know a lit reindeer outside of the. Uh, but inside the apartment, uh, putting up the lights just around here and putting up the Christmas tree, especially. And one of the things I love, <clears throat> I am a sucker for like the chase lights uh-huh. that you can set to do like different. You can you know do different settings where they'll like pulse slowly or they'll flicker really brightly. So I love so I will buy string after string of that stuff. And I think the reason I do that is because when I was a kid, my dad refused to have blinking lights on the Christmas tree. So that was unbelievable <laughs> extravagance to me that once I lived on my own, I could have blinking lights. So uh, you you tree. continue to rebel even after yeah, all that's these the, years. Yeah. So did wow. is that is that my weird thing? I know a lot of no, guys, a lot of dads didn't know. like blinking lights. Here's the thing: I've got I have two young kids. I have, I have a six year old and a, a four year old. And even um, uh, we we lived in a very small house the first few, first few years, and uh, we recently moved. And and ever since then, my daughter I think since like September. Has <laughs> been after me about hanging lights and hanging lights, and the, I'm like, you know what? I'm at school, and I've got this and that and the other, and, and so I hung the lights out, and I've got the the icicles, and they blink, and this, that, and the other, and I'm I'm looking at, you know, um, we have a, a show uh, called DIY where these guys are just serious. I mean, they they coordinate the music, and mm. and I'm looking at their website, going, I am such a slacker. So after this year, I'm going to take. My uh, my icicles, half of which have burnt out by now, and I'm going to recycle them and and plan out. I think I'm going to start planning out in like you know July my my extravaganza for next year. So I I, I agree with Kevin. We're we are an industry of show offs and see what I can do. And I think next year <laughs> I'm going to see what I can do. So I'm pretty sure if you're waiting until July, you're way behind. 
Well, I, I got to talk to some of them. I got to talk to to Bill and and a couple other guys, uh, George and 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 uh, and Mr. Danforth, and say, okay, you know what? What do I have to do, guys? You know, give give me a list and and try not to you know give me a second mortgage. If you yeah, if you get it, you have to be careful though, because if you start doing this stuff in July, you risk people thinking that you're the guy who never takes his Christmas lights down. Well, that's true. And still has the. I remember one of our neighbors had uh, left their wreath up, and it was a real wreath. So about April, it was a little brown <laughs> on the side of the huge one on the side of the house. It was small uh, creatures living in yeah. it. And, <laughs> all right. Well, that's how you know they're real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They start decomposing. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining you. us. Uh, Bill Steitler has been here from AppleTel. He is the associate editor. Tell folks how they can find you or how they can find AppleTel and, and the rest of the technology tell stuff. You can find us at AppleTel.com, which will direct you to all of our sister sites. Um, I am on Twitter, primarily making jokes, at B, and I am at B Steitler. At B Steitler. All right, Mr. Iselli, thank you so much. Uh, you are the senior curriculum developer for Crestron Electronics. Um, would you like to, to promote anything, sir? Just goodwill to common good, man. Goodwill his, toward men. His he, artisanal handmade HDMI cables. You know what? He he has a Twitter. He has the coolest Twitter handle in the world, and he doesn't use it. So I do. What is I it? have been using it. You have been using it. It's Control yeah, Freak. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, see? Although I have to say my favorite Twitter feeds right now are from the Sarcastic Rover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. um, my name is Tim Albright. If you would like to follow my Twitter and my tweet, it is TD, Tim David Albright, A-L-B-R-I-G-H-T. But more importantly for me and everybody here, please go by the website. The guys worked awfully hard on it. It's avnation.tv. Avnation.tv, you'll find this show, the, the DIY show, Education uh, focused show called EdTech and others. Uh, we're also on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and and even Google Plus. Uh, MySpace. Not, uh, not quite yet. Uh, we have to get a band together before I will feel right going back to MySpace. So that's true. just true that. True that. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, next week we're going to do a best of. Uh, week after that we're going to do uh, kind of our, our year in review, re- year in preview. Uh, so thank you guys so much for the past year. Uh, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus for the rest of us. And thanks so much. Happy Nabanaga and Hakuna Matata. So uh, thanks very much for listening. That's all the time we have for AV Week. Oh, 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 o